Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to our Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I am delighted to be joined by John Paul Mason for the Thursday Bulletin. JP, welcome back. Um, you've not been on since pre-Livingston, so it's a great time to get you back in and bring us all right up to date with obviously that full experience, the full booner as it was. And uh, it is going to take in some interesting topics. Uh, in the great pantheon of meltdowns, I think we're in the midst of one of the best I've ever seen, JP. Yeah, uh, it seems to have, have kicked off. You think it's going to kick off to a certain point, and then I just casually looked at the news articles this morning. I was like, "What? <laughs> okay, this is this is ramped up a few notches." But it's just uh, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I'm just glad that we're on the other side of it because if it was us doing all this, oh my god, we would we would be getting it tight from all angles. So. No, it was good. I, was, I should have obviously been in Ireland last week, and uh, that was that was um, curtailed by Storm Garrett. So I spent I spent eight. I'm not told you this yet, but I spent eight hours on a train at Lawrence Kirk last uh, last would have been Thursday. No, Wednesday. Um, I was due to get a flight to to Cork at ten o'clock at night, and they eventually sent a bus to come and take us back to Aberdeen. So I spent another night in Aberdeen, missed my flight to Cork. Uh, and then I got a text just as I was going to the uh, bed saying, due to your flight being rearranged, uh, sorry, you're due to your flight um, diverting to Shannon uh, uh, as a result of high winds, um, we'll be putting buses on to take you from, uh, from Shannon to Cork. And I just saw that text and I was like, thank God I wasn't on that flight because I'm not a good flyer at the best of times, and had I been on that flight, I know I would have been an absolute um, mess. <laughs> so, a wreck. Oh, God, I, yeah. So, I mean, eight hours on a train versus, eight hours on a stationary train getting battered by a storm versus one, in, one hour 20 being battered by a storm in the sky, I know which I would choose. So, Did you get a signal on your phone, though, JP? Because no. that would have been a real test these days. No, you know we're so used to just going right to the default. Let's check whatever's happening online, etc. But it was, for eight hours, nothing to do. It was it was intermittent. Uh, it was intermittent. I got it occasionally. Um, phone calls were not great. It was just the way that where the where the Lawrence Scott train station is. It's kind of in a in an in an inlet or whatever you want to call it. It's got. A, so I don't think the signal there is great at the best of times. Never mind during a storm. And there was only twelve of us on the train, which seemed. Uh, Seemed a bit silly, but taxi drivers wouldn't come from Dundee to get us because the roads were so bad. So, um, so that was that. So, so my journey the next morning, whilst the bulletin was on, was coming back from Aberdeen to Dundee, and then Dundee to 
to Glasgow. So nightmare. But uh, you know what? Things have picked up since then, JP. They have. Definitely <laughs> have picked up. Um so going into the we, we are obviously going to be speaking about all the developments in the aftermath of the Celtic Rangers clash and everything that's happened. And as you say, JP, you can almost just sit back and watch it develop in many ways because you know they are you know, it's like pop will eat itself. They are exactly that, the, the epitome of that, whereby just, you know, let them give them enough rope. Um, for them to hang themselves with, and that's exactly what they're doing. In the meantime, Celtic are in a good place. We're in a good position going into the second half of this season, JP, and obviously we're very interested in looking at the recruitment and uh, how that's going to pan out. Who knows how it's going to pan out? Hopefully the way that we're planning as, as fans, I don't think we're going to get three or four. It's more like one or two, according to Brendan. But going into the Rangers game then, the, the Olivia and the Dundee games, JP, talk me through how that momentum started to continue. Because up until that point, I had spoken about trying to build it from the, the Feyenoord game. Um, and then obviously there was the glitch of the Hearts game in the middle of that. So what do you think we did differently? Because it did feel as though we were building a bit of momentum going into the Rangers game. Well, well first of all, at half-time against Livingston, it was no no if you remember, I think. Was that right? It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Livingston and Monday. Yeah. And... The, the contrast in the in the support it was was marked. If you were at the home game, you'll remember that there was booze at half time. Not kick off finish and not like the entire stadium, but it was audible. And me and the guys around the bit were like, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? We've, we've played all right, you know, we're 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 completely on top here. Livingston aren't in with us in with a sniff here, even though we are playing against this giant team again, which is Genuinely phenomenal to see. And my pal texted me and said they've just signed another uh, striker on loan from Ipswich. Six foot five. <laughs> now, is it any surprise that he's, he fits that criteria? So, um, th- yeah, but at halftime there was, there was maybe a couple of thousand folk booing. And I just thought, wow. And then if you, if you fast forward to the Dundee game and the away support that were there, Anybody that was there will remember that at half-time when the players were going down the tunnel, which is at the corner of the park, there was a groundswell of support. Like Everyone was like proper cheering. There was no booing. Everyone was like, we, we can do this. And it was great to be part of that. That's one of the great things about being at away games is you do, you do feel like you're properly in with the people that live and breathe. I mean, obviously people that go to home games as well are as well, no doubt, but... That concentration of people that go to the away games are the people that dedicate their lives. I mean, I, I wouldn't confess to being one of them. I try to go as many away games as I can, but there's people in that ground that are away in Europe, wherever it is. doesn't matter if it's St. Petersburg or Kazakhstan or whatever. They'll they'll be there, you know, at the airport and yeah. <laughs> whatever airport it takes to get them there. So the support... For that, for the team at halftime in Dundee, was really great to see and feel. It was palpable, and you knew that a goal uh, was coming. And I, and I felt that at the Livingston game as well. I didn't, it didn't feel like the Hearts game where we were playing the same two minutes of football over and over again, and you just couldn't see a way past. I could see a way past, and thank, thankfully, we got it. And the one person that needed a goal was Kyogo, and he, and he got it. Um, definitely wasn't his best goal ever, but it was a goal nonetheless. And you could see that it was a relief to him that he was able to contribute again, you know? No, definitely. And we've spoken before, JP, about the, the supporters who, as you say, every game, doesn't matter, home and away, every game, European, the level of dedication is absolutely incredible. But on the subject of the support, obviously within this period coming into the Rangers game, and, you know, who knows what the politics was and the timing was in relation to what made the board decide that the Green Brigade came back in when they did? We could debate that. We have debated it. But what we do know is that they were back in time for the Rangers game. And I thought, you know, when you're looking at margins, everything, every single margin in a match like that has to be in your favour. It has to be a positive. Um, And, of course, they were back for the game. Um, Unfortunately, Carter Vickers wasn't available for the game. We got the announcements that Abada and Hatate were back. So we've gone into it. JP and I, I mean am I ever confident going into these games I think there was a spell during Brendan Rodgers' first tenure where it was almost like how many are we going to score today against Rangers 
But that feeling's never really been there for a while now. So we go into these games and you think it is going to be tight. Um, who's going to turn up? We've got a couple of results behind us, but they weren't against great teams in Livingston and Dundee. I think Dundee have done all right this season. So going into the game, how were you feeling, JP? How were you feeling going into the Glasgow derby? Well, I've got text messages to prove that I had confident, private confidence because my mate Chris texted me and said their confidence going into Saturday is wild. Because it was. And yeah. uh, and I, I went back to him and went, I don't know, I'm, I'm quite confident Brendan knows what he's doing. And then he came back saying, I'm not I'm not too confident. What will be, will be. And then I went back going, we played really well at Dens. The amount of chances we created was 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 wild. I mean, how many corners did we have, even at half-time? Record. And, I, and their keeper played well. You know, that I thought he pulled off a, a few good saves. He seems to be derided as not a great keeper, but I'd, I'd, I've, I've always thought Trevor Carson was a decent keeper. That's, that's who it was, right? Yeah. Um, Anyway, so I, I I wasn't going in thinking we were going to, you know, do a number on them or anything, but I certainly wasn't going in, like, fearing them or anything else. I, I, I felt that we were in a better place than we'd been two weeks prior um, with, the, with the, the two results. The momentum was with us. I think the manager had the bit between his teeth in terms of, well, you only need to look, watch his, his post-match to know that he's definitely bristling a little bit by the criticism possibly from within our support and certainly from elsewhere because I mean there was, there was huge question marks over his hunger, his, his stock now as a manager, people saying that he's not the same manager that he was six years ago, five, six years ago somehow there seems to be this sort of uh, back and forward over how he did down south with Leicester it can yeah. be, it can be painted two ways as the one one that he was a, a successful manager in terms of the the placings that he got Leicester and the fact that he won them an FA Cup and the fact that he got them to a semi final of a European competition, but then the last season allows people to sort of blacken it and make him seem like this dud manager, which he's most certainly not. Um, and so yeah, when I saw the team. It was obviously a bit of a blow that Carter Vickers wasn't there, but I had this, despite not really having a lot of evidence to support it, I had a, a confidence in Welsh that I don't know where it comes from. Um, maybe it's because I've not seen him have terrible games for Celtic and I've not seen him flounder and, and I kind of thought, oh, OK, Welsh and skills, here we go. I, I, I wasn't like, oh, no, they're going to take us apart because... Mm-hmm kind of know what they've got up front and it's not as was proven it's not that effective um, and they'll say the same thing about it it's not as if I'm saying anything that they'll counter I mean it's it was there in black and red and not black and white it was there in glorious technical to see the deficiencies that they've got up front and on the other foot the absolutely unbelievable skill of Kyogo to score that second goal which goes down as one of those special goals in those games, um, into that into that uh, goal particularly as well, which is the same one that Larson dinged Kloss, and uh, there's there's many others. There's the Sutton chip at the end of the, yeah. end of the game, the green and white wash. There's there's loads, but um, yeah, it was it was a pretty enjoyable day, and also great to see the coming of age of Paolo Bernardo as well, a guy that we've sat here spoken about going. Would would that be somebody that you would want to spend the money on? Probably not. And then all of a sudden, it started to become more of a. Oh wait a minute, maybe we, maybe if we've got something to do here and a deal to be done, then as long as it's not crazy, crazy money, um, it's maybe an option because we all had the right to say that because no, he hadn't nailed down that that jersey. We were constantly exactly. about that third jersey in midfield and being like, well, he's not doing it. He's this. Supposed, you know, not wonder kid, but a uh, player of 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 stock from Benfica's youth academy, and he can't get get it down. Iwata can't nail it down. Turnbull can't nail it down. Um, so who's who's it going to be? And then suddenly, out of nowhere, he's found he's he's found, he's got a goal first of all against Dundee, which probably boosted his boosted his confidence. Even though it wasn't the best goal in the world, I actually didn't think he got touched it. Um, when I saw it, I, I thought it just rolled right through. Obviously, see the replay he does, but um, his goal against Rangers was 
Top Top job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to hit that flush on the volley is, and and that, and amongst that kind of chaos that's going on, I mean, that must have done him uh, the world of good. And then he's kicked on in the last couple of games and bossed it against St. Mirren, a difficult game, a difficult place to go to. Um, you know, two assists against St. Mirren. Yeah, I, yeah. And, and again, like the peddling back a bit to Dundee and Mikey Johnson's two goals. There was people. I, I very rarely like put my own opinions out there uh, on on Twitter or whatever because I just I never feel compelled. Sometimes I just go, all right, I, I think about something and I think about saying it, and then I just stop myself because I'm like, well, I, I can't really be bothered with the fallout for this. But I, I wanted to say something about Mikey Johnson because I felt happy for him that he scored the two goals. The amount of abuse that came back as a result was like, get him out, get him out. I'm like, guys just scored two goals for us. Like, ah, get him out, he's rubbish, he's, he's done, and he's not the answer. And I was like, I didn't say he was the answer. I just said, it's up to him what happens now. Like, if if he kicks on and gets another opportunity, then he needs to take that as well. It, it can't just become like a flash in the pan. I wasn't saying for a second that he was suddenly the answer. And I just couldn't believe the. And it was like, oh, it was only against Dundee. And, you know, their keeper should have done this for the first goal. And he was lucky with the set. And you're like, Right, if we're at the point where we're critiquing our own players' goals, do you know what? I, I wasn't critiquing Bernardo's against Dundee. I wasn't critiquing anybody's goals against anybody recently because there was a point recently where you would have bitten both hands off anybody to get a goal or two goals against Hearts at home and we couldn't get them. So... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I don't understand anybody that belittles teams that we're playing because ultimately they're all, it's all the same points. We get the same amount of uh, uh, credit for every game that we play. So winning 3 0 against St. Mirren, that's a, that's a place. Would you, would you suddenly um, chastise a player for scoring against St. Mirren? St. Mirren's been a difficult place to go for us in the yeah. past. Was to Gogwood during nil nil there. I remember going down with that night to try and get a ticket outside the ground, couldn't get one, and heading back into town whilst that game was 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 going on. So, I I just think we've got three points against all the teams that we wanted to get three points against, and they're all exactly the same. Um, so, but back to Bernardo, I don't know where it is in terms of the the option to buy or whatever. I've heard. I've heard two million. I've heard five million. I've heard nine million. So I don't know which one of them is correct. Um, but he's definitely he's definitely making that jersey look like it's his own. He is, and he's in the discussion now. I'd said before, uh, and the thing with that, going back to a point you made, JP, is you you basically form an opinion based on what you've seen. And so my opinion on Bernardo four games ago was completely different to what it is now. And that's fine, because you can only base it on evidence, right? And he's come in and he's shown me in the last four games, particularly against Rangers, um, that he is a player that would be worthwhile keeping if he continues on that kind of form. On the Mikey Johnson thing, you give the boy credit for what he did against Dundee, of course you do. And then if he plays rotten against Rangers, Greg Taylor will give him stick for that. That's fine. But there's, there's mm. nothing wrong with applauding a player for putting in a, a decent performance, whoever that player is. And I remember it with, with Tony Ralston. When he first came back into the team, nobody wanted to give him plaudits. It was as if, even if he had a good game, you had to convince people, he's actually played pretty well here. And it took a long, long time for him to convince a huge section, I think, with the support that, you know what, 
he's maybe not the answer if you want to progress in Europe, but he's definitely part of the squad, an important part of the squad. And going back to the Stephen Welsh point that you made, I honestly can't remember him having a particularly bad game. There's been moments in games that he's not done the right thing, but show me a footballer who that isn't the case, you know? So I, I think going into the game, Welsh and Scales at that moment was the best option. Then, and I'm going to have to bring this up, right, because I'm getting stuck in the comments section here, JP, for uh, my pronunciation. And I'm hoping that, here we go, the wee green man in you come, JP, please teach Paul John how to say Mike's surname. I'm going to say it, Navroshki. He's Never driving me. He's driving me nuts on a daily basis. I'm sorry, the wee green man. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm driving you nuts. Navro- Navrochki, and again, I only know that because I saw him say it on uh, on Celtic social media when he signed. Because it, it, I was like, right, can, you can't say that. I can't say that wrong. I've got Polish heritage, so I can't be saying his name wrong. So I, that is, it's Mike Navrochki. Navrochki, right there. You go. I even got. Kevin McCluskey to say it in a Hungarian accent to make him sound like a villain. And I'm so upset and you're sorry about that. At least it's not uh, Ella Hussey. I remember that. On Mikey Johnson, though, I'd sat here and we'd spoken about Mikey Johnson on that Thursday prior to the Livingston game after the Hearts game. And you you said to me, are you done with Mikey Johnson? I said, well, I think I maybe I am. I think maybe this he's had these chances He's not really, he's not grabbed the bull by the horns. By the way, I don't think he can be blamed in in, uh, in his own for the whole Hearts game. There's no, I mean, the, 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 the team against Hearts, let's not rewrite history. The team Life did not do well. Did Life not do well in that game. Was, there's no two ways about it. You can't be like pointing fingers at Mikey Johnston or one or two others. It was the whole team as a collective. Yeah, but unfortunately, that was an that was another occasion where he had the opportunity to do something and 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 pull us out of the mud and didn't. So yeah, at that point when you spoke to me, I was kind of like, well, look, I think I think that's probably the ship sailed. But as I've always said, players have the ability to make you look stupid and 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 be able to turn around to you and do that like Greg Taylor did. I don't know if that was directed at the Celtic support. In Paisley, or if it was directed at the home support, I've no idea. But Greg Taylor's been getting it tight to the point that people were really wanting him gone and get him out of the team, play skills at left back, and get him get him out. Was, I think that's a bit much. I, I don't I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that. I, I would go as far as to agree with what you've said in that we need competition in there because yeah. if everybody's not going to be it, then there needs to be somebody else because we can't just be relying on Greg Taylor to play like. 70 games a season or whatever it is. Well, he's, he's started every game. He's played yeah. every game. Um, <coughs> but that, that's the thing with the, the fingers in the ear, given it the old Turnbull celebration. It could well have been the St Mirren fans because they were booing him and calling him a cheat all the way through the game for getting mm. booted, which is just typical. But mm. yeah, sorry about my pronunciation. I thought I had it just about right. I will practice on that. But on the subject of the big fella um, from Poland, Mike Navroski, he came, he came in and I thought to myself, you know, it's time for heroes here. It's just one of the moments, JP. It's a sink or swim moment for you as a footballer. And yeah, there's maybe a few wee, you know, teething problems when he when he came in against Rangers. But over the piece, I thought he'd done really well. Uh, he looks composed. I think he lacks a bit of pace, which is maybe what Brendan Rodgers isn't keen on. Um, which means that he, he, he needs to be very clean in the tackle. His timing has to be very good if you're lacking that wee bit of pace, because often it's a it's a saving tackle. And I think he does have that in his locker. And I'm also impressed with his distribution. I thought his passing was excellent, uh, long passing. I know it's all about short passing for the centre-halves, but you've seen Scales doing it all season uh, with the dink over the top. And if you can find a winger, obviously you, your whole tempo changes, and I've seen him doing that as well. So I was really impressed with, with his performance. And he had to step up, JP, because we were in a position where... You're it. You know, we've got an injury. You're the only guy in the, the subs bench. You've got to step up. But for someone who hadn't actually played competitive football for a few months, I thought he'd done really well. Yeah, I did too. And and I think we spoke about him um, when he was still injured. As if to say, we've got this guy to come back who we know very little about in terms of what he's done in the Celtic strip so far. So I, I was optimistic that it wasn't going to be this bomb scare that 
I don't know. It's a way. It's weird how like when players haven't when players arrive, they maybe get some minutes, but then they get injured, and then in that time that they're out injured, the less and less they play, the more and more you hear from sort of sources and the manager talking cryptically about him. You're starting to doubt whether or not he's actually any good, even although there isn't any evidence to suggest that a guy that we've signed who was fairly lauded in his in his, his home country and for his team, you're not going to go and shell it. I mean, I know there's many instances in the past where we've shelled out big money for a player like Barkas and Ayeti and stuff like that. So we've shelled out something in the region of between four and five million for Navrochke. And you'd expect to be getting a return on that um, maybe not straight away in Champions League or Europe or anything, but certainly you'd be expecting him to come and deal with what he has to deal with in, in our league fairly well. And I thought he did great on Saturday. I thought really did okay. Yeah, there was a bit of, a few moments when he when he first got on the ball and what you know whatnot, and you thought this could this could end badly. Um, but he recovered, and some of his recovery tackles were. Excellent, you know mm. those those tackles that he's speeding after somebody and he wins it cleanly and it gets the crowd up. Those type of tackles, the tackles that you want in the first, you know, two or three minutes. Marcus. Yeah, Absolutely. but he yeah. he was he was doing them later on when we kind of needed them to be uh, in this in in the in the second half as well. We were getting a few of them from him in the second half when maybe Rangers had a bit of ascendancy, which was. Which was weird after they got the player sent off. Um, after I mean, Balgan had to go for for the red for the Maeda tackle. There was no arguments there. But after that happened, they seemed to find a bit of momentum and threw everything at us, I suppose. And if everything at us is a free kick by Tavernier that he celebrates, um, I mean, I, I'm happy with that. They can, they can have they can have that, <laughs> you know. And some of them are posting videos of it and stuff with music attached and you know like okay if you want to celebrate a consolation goal that's that's cool I mean it was a good free kick don't don't get me wrong but he's he's becoming not only is he becoming the guy that takes the penalties he's becoming the guy that takes the consolation free kicks as well because he's got one of them already at Celtic Park um, so yeah. that's another that's another one for his collection and I'm sure he hopefully sleeps well at night while he's thinking of those but Consolation goals, yeah. I was more thinking of the winners, and incidentally, I got a text from a friend who I hadn't heard of, I hadn't heard from with regards to a Celtic Rangers game for some time, possibly since the COVID season, when he chose moments to really, really wind me up. You know, I mean, I'm sitting here on my own, not able to go to the games, and I'm getting texts from him. By the way, prior three or four seasons, when we've won every single thing. Didn't text them once. Didn't text them once, but I got I got it during the COVID season. And then out of nowhere, 27 minutes past 12 on Saturday, enjoy the game. Now, there's no way he would have sent that to me unless he was really confident they were going to win. And he was. He definitely was. You don't send that text being wide. And then I waited, didn't reply. And at full time, my soldiers replied, meant very much so. We have a shamrock. And, and then that sparked off. Oh, how can you call that an advert for Scottish football? It's a disgrace. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cry myself to sleep tonight over the quality of today's game. Um, and then he was like, how can you? He was like, watch the game back and tell me with um, with with non-biased eyes how Celtic kept 11 men in the park. Oh, come like, on. This, like, is a, this is part of the meltdown. This is what I've been hearing. And then I, I went home and I watched the highlights and I saw what he was talking about and the Bernardo Goldson tackle which has been completely and utterly <laughs> I don't I don't know how anybody can watch that and be like oh that's a, that's a straight head for Bernardo he should be off the park he basically stands still while Goldson goes in with his foot up yep kind of like Maeda did against Atletico Madrid and Goldson goes down and rolls around and there's absolutely nothing wrong with Goldson by the way he gets up later I, I watched him I was like right, he better be absolutely um, destroyed here or and then he gets up and he does that whole, you know, like like lifting the foot, and you're just like, man, there's not, nothing happened there, and yet this narrative that he should have been sent off, and Alistair Johnson should have been sent off for a flailing arm on Seema, 
What about Dejon Sterling and Matt O'Reilly? Matt O'Reilly's nose was destroyed. It was still bleeding at like six or seven o'clock on Saturday night. So I, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you about that. I mean, if we're pointing fingers here and there, then of course there's the argument over the the, the handball and the penalty. Nothing said about the Turnbull shove, which was a penalty as well, which wasn't the offside. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just hilarious. It, it's baffling, right? It's baffling because, you know, we've spoken about bias a lot on this on this show, on Axom. And when you're watching as a fan, JP, I think everybody who's a football fan has got a level of bias. But that's because we're football fans, right? So you understand that when you're having discussions, people are seeing it from a completely different perspective. But some of it, JP, some of it is so blatant when you're watching it, you're thinking, no, there's bias and there's just stupidity whereby you're going to disagree with anything that's in the favour of Celtic. And that then feeds into the the um, sending off and the spitting incident, which, um, you know, it's it's one of these things that when you watch that game, the spitting incident and the David Turnbull penalty kick incident uh, could have been bigger, could have been bigger stories than whatever it is they're running along with, you know, with, with Johnston. And what they, they fail to see again and again and again is that it wasn't a penalty, even if the referee thought it was. The VAR, and it's Bobby Madden that's came out just to explain it to them, the mm. VAR would have shown that the offside was there, right? Why have you shown us the, the picture? And then this conspiracy... And bear in mind, we are the conspiracists in this whole thing, apparently, JP. And the conspiracy theories now are mind-boggling. It's been taken back to 1982 with the Pope. That's where it all started. Unbelievable conspiracy theories. But what you try and do is be as balanced as possible. So the the spitting incident, right, the reason I'm bringing that up again is because the club have confirmed that they'll be giving us an update on it as to what their position is on the spitting incident. The club have been pretty quiet after the game kept her own counsel, enjoyed the win, and kind of moved on from there. Loved how both Callum McGregor and Brendan Rodgers were quite buoyant and bullish in their post-match interviews, one of which was in a, a lounge at Celtic Park, so Callum probably felt quite confident <laughs> standing there, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that in victory, nothing wrong with it. Um, going into it with that bullish nature, you're just setting yourself up, JP, for a fall. Mm. So the club have, have stayed silent so far, but you know we we at Axon have pushed them for a response and we've been told we'll be getting one. Because when I shared somebody else's video, it wasn't it my video, I just shared it on Twitter, and it got a million impressions, which is massive. It's a huge amount of interaction and traffic and traction. So thank you for all the Rangers fans who have tweeted it uh, with abuse because you've actually given one million sets of eyes an opportunity to see that video. And from that, people have then started to get in touch with JP saying, I've seen it, I'm an eyewitness, etc., etc." And they've been asking for an update. So we've asked the club for an update and they said they're going to update us. So hopefully that will happen at some point today. And when it does, we'll share that information. See on that. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Absolutely despise, like, see spitting and biting and stuff like that. I didn't want us to say Nadia Chifchi because he, because of the, the biting incident. Um, and spitting is Mind exactly... battered. Mind body battered Emilio at training. Did they? You don't mind that? I didn't Aye, know that. Emilio's ear was bleeding. I remember wow. an incident at Lennox Town and it was wow. Chief J and he's, and he's hooked them. Well, I mean... It, it, 
people will be like people could probably point to instances where um potentially a Celtic player has has spat and if that is the case, totally condemn it. I think it's disgusting. It's what like Viduka. Remember Viduka done it against yeah, them Make me think less of the player and, mm-hmm. and the person for doing that because I think it's just a really low scumbag thing to do. To do it in the direction of probably young fans is even worse. I mean, fair enough, doing it at a fellow professional is is, is abhorrent, um, but that fellow professional is an adult male on the pitch with you and whilst they should not be subjected to it, it's maybe a little bit more... Uh, not as not it's not as bad, put it that way. Um, but doing it, and you can see it. It's, it's, you know, anybody that's doing that sort of thing is probably it's usually young kids at the tunnel because they're yeah. always the wanting yeah. autographs yeah. and things like that. So he's he's basically spat in the direction of kids, <laughs> um, which is a horrible thing to do. Some of the excuses, though, JP. Ah, but he never hit them. Doesn't matter. Scots law attempted assault is assault. You know, it doesn't matter if you throw a brick into a crowd and it doesn't hit somebody. Mm. You've actually done the act. And it's a wee bit like with the um, the Alistair Johnson argument, which is raging on and will continue to rage on. And we're going to get onto that. And obviously what's happened with regards to meetings and demands for audio and demands for certain referees not to referee games and, and just the absolute madness of Scottish football that then ensues um, is it's like somebody getting stopped because their head leaks out, right? And then the cops find a dead body in the boot and the guy driving the car's thinking, ah, but you stopped me for the headlight. That, that's what you've got to deal with. You forget the, the actual offence. Nonsense. The Rangers fans have kind of reprogrammed their minds, JP, to believe certain things about their club. And now they feel as though they're under attack. And the club feeds into it. And the club feeds into it with their statements, their constant statements, and the, their demands. So they've demanded the audio be made public, right? And they've demanded that Willie Collum no longer referees games involving Rangers. Now, if in six months' time, we look at the games involving Rangers and Willie Collum has not been involved and they've had their wish, they're controlling the authoritative figure of Scottish yeah. football. Now, we, we know that when people get death threats, i.e. Kevin Clancy, for certain decisions that they make in games involving Rangers, <coughs> everybody comes comes out and condemns it, JP. They, they come out and condemn it and they do it. We, we all know who I'm talking about. That, that type of person on social media does it as well. And we're here again, and they're con- you know they're not condemning it. They're actually throwing fuel to the fire, uh, mm. into the flames of the fire, and they're, they're continuing to to have this demand and bullying um, kind of tactic, which therefore falls into referees' decision making. So they're in fear. Now I'm not saying it's the only reason that Rangers went 73 games without conceding a, a penalty kick in the in the league games. I'm not saying it's the only reason, but I think it's a part of the reason. The fact that they're in fear because they feel threatened if they make a decision against Rangers. It's certainly it's going that way, isn't it? I mean, I I don't know how much how much clout do they have in terms of asking for that. I mean, if the SFA then yield and don't put Willie Collum in charge of any of their games, be it in VAR or on on the park as the as the as the, as the referee. I mean, I don't really know how that what that says about the whole situation if if, if that's allowed. I mean, what was the situation with with us when the um, what's his name Doogie? Doogie no, it's not Doogie McDonald. What was the name of the referee that that basically lied about the Sunday United? Yeah, Doogie Doogie Gate. Yeah, what happened with that after did we did we did did we ask for for him not to be a referee in in, in our games? I would be interested to know the. The minutiae of that, I'm sure somebody could could tell us. Um, but I, it's, I think it's it's one of those ones where they've had to run with a narrative, and and then the manager himself has has started that ball rolling straight away. Whether or not he's been advised by anybody within the club to immediately go on the offensive afterwards, or if that is actually his way of dealing with things, because he's straight away when when asked. Uh, by the BBC reporter and did, you, did the better team win today and he just bristled straight away and was like oh are you trying to get a rise out of me or whatever and, like, and you're like wow wow okay 
Um, once, once you have taken a drink from the Loving Cup, JP, um, I think that you then speak the words of those in the, the higher corridors, the Ibrox. But you're right, it was Dougie McDonald. Yeah, right, Dougie McDonald. I saw that whole narrative of, of the penalty and the confusion over it was started by the manager after the after the game and then it's just been perpetuated by the club afterwards so they've it was almost like they've gone down a path that they can't they can't back up they've got to keep going down that path it's just that's the way I see it anyway because once you start that you, it's very difficult to to pull back on and and they're just they're constantly like bulldozing doors down to get to get an answer for something that they're not going to get an answer for. I mean, th- this argument over what the audio said and what it didn't say, it clearly didn't say anything too damning that they, they've got this smoking gun. Remember they thought they had a smoking gun before with the, the dossier or the, or the files or whatever that led to nothing. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if there was some sort of mad conspiracy that they maybe believed to be the case, then it would have been proven by the audio and that then they'd be able to say, right, well, this was said or whatever, but it's all so ambiguous. And then you've got the SFA coming back and saying, well, that's not what happened. And basically talking it through and explaining it, explaining their side of it. But it's mad. It's, it's mad. It's, it's absolute madness. Well, um, it, was a, it was never a penalty anyway, so I don't really know why they're... they're, 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 they're uh, uh, extracting so much out of it when it wasn't ultimately a penalty at the end at the end of it all. It couldn't have been a penalty. Deflection. Absolute deflection. But we need to be within Scottish football, we need to be in a position where the, the tail's not wagging the dog, JP. And that, that is what's happened in the past. And what that seems to be what's happening at the moment, even though the SFA have come out and said actually that that's not accurate. What, what you're mm-hmm. claiming there. Um, but I think Celtic have got a big pl- part to play as well. We need to make sure that we're protecting our fans. Um, and if anybody's spitting at them, then as a club, we need to protect our fan base. Simple as that. So we need to know what the position of our club is on that as well. Um, but in relation to uh, where we are just now, you, you mentioned Bernardo, and I, and I think you know I've got to put my hands up on that one because prior to the four-game um run that we've been talking about today, Livy, Dundee, Rangers and St Mirren, I was all for just, you know, even ending his loan deal early in January. JP, I just thought, I don't know what he's bringing to the table here. Uh, why not concentrate on developing some of the players that we've already got at the club? I think I agree with you on that. I think yeah. I agree with you on that, yeah. But my, my mind at this moment in time has been completely changed. Now, if he goes back and reverts back to being a bit part player for the rest of the season, you don't sign him. It's as simple as that. But based on his current form, JP, I think he, he looks like a he would be a great addition to this. this well, it's, right. it's now starting to make sense why he was getting started in Champions League games. Yeah. Because why in the hell would, the man, would, would Brendan Rodgers put his trust in a guy like him in the biggest games that we'll play all season? I mean, they are. I mean, obviously you could say the Rangers games are, are big and everything else, but the Champions League games carry so much weight. We, we were looking for that victory in the Champions League, that, that elusive victory. We're looking to progress potentially into the Europa League if possible. So the riches that you get from that, he was putting his trust in Bernardo in, in, in a key position in midfield. And I would never say in any of those games that Bernardo let him down. Like he just didn't do anything really to push himself into a seven or eight or a nine out of ten. He was always just sort of a five, a five or a six, maybe. I mean, mm. anybody really go back and rewatch any games that Bernardo played in and say that he was maybe the Atletico Madrid game at home where he had to come on um, yeah. as, as a substitute. Maybe he was maybe it was a a seven or an eight in that because you're not going to carry a five or a six in a draw against Atletico Madrid. But the other games that he played in, I don't really think that he was anything remarkable. But I, at the same time, I don't think he was terrible. So, see the thing with me, JP, see if I'm watching a game of football and I can't quite decide on a player and I'm not sure yeah. what, what they're doing right, wrong or indifferently. I think that's, for me personally, is when I like to look at the data. Not mm-hmm. to back up what I think about a player, but to maybe make sense of why they're there in many ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, we spoke to Alan Morrison the last time he was on Axon. 
and we spoke about Bernardo and he explained what he was good at, you know, and, and I was like, all right, so let's start looking at that. And he explained what he was good at was the reason he was in the Champions League games. You're, you're playing mm. against teams who open up, um, who are going to attack you and uh, rather than just sit back and have to be broken down and all this kind of stuff. And it started to make sense, you know, a lot of his passes, uh, in fact, the majority of his passes uh, were sideways or back passes rather than, you know, playing defence, cutting passes. And I think in the last couple of games, we've actually seen that he's maybe added that to his game as well. So absolutely on the fence. Um, would would have been up for at that stage us finishing his loan deal. But now my head's been turned and my opinion's been changed. And uh, I've asked the, the commenters to, to chip in previously in the last couple of days. Would you, and it's based on what we've seen so far, would you sign on permanently? And if so, we've had <coughs> conflicting reports of the transfer fee. How much do you think he's worth? Let us know. Um, because the, the report, I am convinced the report of $1.5 million is his loan fee rather than the, the transfer mm. fee. Um, he's got one of these massive release clauses that Benfica and other Portuguese clubs put in the contracts of the young players, academy players coming through. I mean, Gold, Ryan Gold, uh, had it in his sporting Lisbon contract. Jota, when we signed them, had something like, was it a 60 or a £70 million pound release clause? Yeah. But we had obviously done a different deal with the club and we managed to get him. What's the story with Jota, by the way? Is he actually getting freed? It looks like it. I read a couple of reports saying that he's not going to Spurs, but he will be going on a free. I mean, that's, that's wild, isn't it? It is. Spend £25 million on a player and then just release him. I mean, <laughs> incredible. It really is. I mean, obviously, in a, a dream scenario, he would come back. I'm pretty sure he would probably want to come back as well. I mean, it's not as if he had a bad time here, but maybe there's a there's another a different chapter in in Jota's career next. I don't know what it is. Who knows where he'll go next? It's, it'd be an interesting one to see which what type of teams are in for him. Um, in terms of like level, because yeah. he's obviously taken a really weird left at the lights and signed for a team in Saudi Arabia at a time in his career when that wasn't probably on on the cards. Like, there's no way, there's no way he signed for Celtic and him and his agent were like, right, this will get us to Saudi Arabia. This move will get us to Saudi Arabia. He would have surely not been thinking that way. But then, when someone comes along with that level of contract. Very, very hard to turn down. So, um, it's he's got to sort of pull himself back. It's like managers that go out there as well. Um, you know, uh, do they do they write off their careers? Not, not necessarily because Espirito Santos come back from um, from from Saudi to manage. Is it Forest? So he's he's joined. Um, check that actually because. Right, it, um, He's, he's he's just he's just taken over at another club in England. I'm sure it's maybe it isn't Nottingham Forest, but he's he's obviously come back and got a job back in England, which I think anybody that was thinking, I don't know, like Sir Gerard going out there was just sort of waving uh, God, don't know the words. I can't speak. It was like calling time on his career and his managerial career by going to Saudi Arabia because it's the backwater of 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 management. He failed at Aston Villa goes to Saudi Arabia, if he doesn't succeed there, where does he go from there? America. You're just like bouncing about on your You're not going to come back to a Premier League job after that. So No chance. Um, you were right, it was Forrest. You shouldn't doubt your knowledge, JP. You shouldn't doubt your knowledge. I well, um, well, so he's come back and got a, a Premiership job, which is quite remarkable, but then that says more about what Espirito Santo did prior to going to Saudi Arabia. It's not as if he just was a, a, a one hit wonder at a club and then went out there. He's obviously got a bit of a, a bit of a career and reputation behind him. But um but Jota's situation is a is a weird one. Um I think everybody would love to have him back. But the thing is, if if you are one of these clubs, um, either be that an elite club or from an elite league with a bit of money behind you, JP, you're looking at that situation thinking, right, he's only done it in Scotland. That That's what their attitude will be. He's only done it mm-hmm. in Scotland uh, and he's flopped when he's went to Saudi. So I don't see there being massive interest from that level of club. Mm. If, if a deal could be done, I'd take him in a heartbeat. I don't see, I think it's a no-brainer. I'd take him in a heartbeat. Um, 100%. You know, if a deal can be done, 
you do it absolutely now Paul McMahon I'll tell you what this, this shows you how good things are at the moment right we're the only thing we can complain about at the minute JP is my pronunciation of our uh, lesser seen centre half who looked brilliant in that jersey that was behind you I'm loving that jersey the more I see it on yeah, the, players, really the better it looks oh yeah. it does and now are we going to add laser focus onto the band list because yeah. I say it all the time uh, on the band list at the moment is uh, referring to something as a roller coaster ride and referring to a player as a Rolls Royce. <coughs> if you think, Paul, that I need to add laser focus on it, I'm going to have to figure out an alternative. So uh, thanks for the feedback. Always appreciated. Um, and thanks for the support from Hunter Hillbilly Bunyan, um, who is supporting the channel uh, with the super sticker as well. Thank you very much. Now, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on everything JP and I have been discussing today. Sarah um, Hockian. Hopefully I got your pronunciation of your name right yeah. there. We the fans should go to the... <laughs> because I'm no good at Polish ones and, and maybe I'm no very good at yours either. Maybe the fans should go to the Celtic board and say there's a consensus for the audio to be released in all games for all teams and the board should request meeting and make the support. I don't know. I really don't know because you can set a, a president uh, with, with these things, JP, that may not be a good thing because... We already know how the, the the introduction of VAR has affected the games. I mean, the Rangers game went on for, what, 102 minutes? We know mm. how the, these things have, have affected the game um, adversely. And we spoke during the week about how it's affected fans who are at the game. You know, everything seems geared towards, let's keep the broadcast audience happy and informed. But nobody in the crowd knows what's going on, kind of thing. Mm. Um, and I just think if you add another layer to that, you know, add it, what is going to be achieved from after the event. I like the idea of uh, transparency. So if we can get to the point, I think we need to sort out where we are with our force before we add another layer to it. But once we do make make it a better um, operation, then I think that you know live audio is a good thing. It's, it's all about uh, being you know accountable, isn't it, JP? So if you, if you make a decision, it's quite clear and transparent, and, and particularly those who have paid money to be at the game know exactly what's going on. Oh, there's nothing worse than being in the crowd and you've got no phone signal. You shouldn't even need to look at your phone anyway to see what's going on in the game. You should, it should be quite apparent in the way that it's playing out in front of you. Um, but that that whole the, the, the check on on incidents <clears throat> can go on for so long. Like It's unbelievable how long it can take. I don't really get how some of these decisions take so long to pour over. I mean, you're talking two, three minutes at times and everyone's just sort of standing there and you're thinking, this isn't what it used to be like. This isn't what football used to be like. We didn't have these stoppages where you're kind of on edge and then quite often it just goes to nothing. Like even after two or three minutes, it just goes to nothing and there's there's no check. There's no mm-hmm. thing to be, uh, to be poured over. So... I don't know. I, 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 I've, I've not really enjoyed it, to be honest, in, 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 the, in the main, considering for the almost the entirety of my life I've watched football and I've watched it without VAR and then suddenly it's here and we're a year, a year and a half into it, is that right? Or a year and three months into it, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I would hope that this time in three or four years that it's it's been used better if it's still here. And I'd certainly hope that we're not at the point where audios haven't to be released of every single contentious in- incident. Um, I think the, the, the main thing from, from Saturday is that we were the better team. We deserved to win that game. We scored two legitimate legitimate goals, good goals. Mm. There was nothing contentious about the goals. They scored one good goal. There was nothing contentious about that. Um and in the in the main, the, the, their players that they were looking to to do something against us didn't do anything against us. Cantwell, absolute myth. Mm. Subbed off to. I'm pretty sure if any of their support had been in the ground, they'd have been jeering him as well because he didn't play well. And from everything I've seen and read of what they think about his performance from Saturday, and one guy said on a podcast like this that Cantwell was a better player than McGregor. He just didn't show it on Saturday. And you're like, wow, man. (laughs) People saying things. They just say things, you know. You surely couldn't be sat down with an eye detector test and say that with a straight face because 
Callum McGregor was immense on Saturday. Absolutely yep. immense. There was one. There's a still picture of him, of him getting tackled from behind, or attempted to be tackled from behind by Cantwell, and he's actually laughing. Like he's la- he's laughing. I love. I absolutely love that. Like yep. he's as well as that. McGregor has had his crit- critique critiques uh, criticism this this season from from uh, from our support people saying he's done. Uh, time. It's time to talk about Cal McGregor and all this sort of stuff and articles written about him and things like that. And what better way to ram that down people's throats than a performance like that on Saturday where even their fans were like, well, the sensible ones were like, he was unbelievable, he ran the show, didn't give yep. us. We, well, you, they'll, they'll caveat it with, oh, well, we gave him all the time and the space and we let him run the game and everything else. Callum McGregor decided to run that game on Saturday. You could tell from the minute one that he was not going to get beat in that game and you just had that that feeling that it was like, right, he's going to just control everything that's going on, make sure everybody knows what they're doing and remind them every couple of minutes of what they're supposed to be doing. And it was a, it was a joy to watch. Yeah, talking about giving him space, GP, there was a moment where he was surrounded with three Rangers players in his own defensive third, and he managed to negotiate his way out of that and then carry the ball for about 30 yards. So it's nothing to do with space. He's creating his own space, you know? Mm. And I think um, Brendan Rodgers, after the game, the way he spoke about him as well, uh, saying that he was just on a different level from everybody else on the park. No disrespect to everybody else. The pundit, level he says. pundits said that as well. The BBC pundits, most of them said that as well. So this isn't like bias this is fact <laughs> it's not okay it's people's opinions but when you've got so many people saying the same thing it tends to be that that is the correct thing um, I just think see if they're so far removed from reality that they see something different like Balogun's blown kisses and all that if they're that far removed from reality JP bash on because what will happen is you know we, we are realistic and we're looking at it in a balanced way if there's something wrong with what's happening at Celtic we're the first to mention it. We bring it up. I mean, that that sometimes is criticised in itself, JP. But I just I would rather that than be so blind to things that are right in front of you, staring you right in the face, and you just ignore it because wait a minute, it's my team, so I can't criticise it. You know. And I think that you get a bit of flack, as in Axon gets a bit of flack if we ever do criticise Celtic, the board, the players, the manager. Um, but I think it's healthy. Don't do it just for clickbait, and we never do. Don't do it just for the for the clicks. But if there's something there, got to bring it up. Got to discuss it. I got called in the comments, oh, uh, you're bringing on, bringing on the board apologist or the bootlicker or something like that. That's what I got called. And I'm like, did you listen to me criticising the recruitment in the summer? Because I said on this show, as a very, very small contributor to Celtic's financial cause and the season ticket that I buy and the strip that I buy and the jumpers that I buy and all the rest of it, I contribute and I don't like to see my money getting wasted, even if it is a tiny percentage of what I contribute. And so I was not happy with the way that the money was spent. I still am not happy with the way the money was spent because I've not seen enough out of the the eight or nine players in the first six months of this season to suggest that it was a successful transfer window. Um, So I'm by no means, but I I, I stopped short at this sack the board. There was no sack the board chance on Saturday, was there? There was no, no sack the board chance at Dens Park. There was no sack the board chance against Livingston. So be consistent. If you're going to sack, if you want the board sacked, be consistent about it. Don't just do it when we're getting beat. And I, I, it was like it was like spoiled children when we were getting beat at, at home against Hearts. It was horrible. Didn't enjoy it. But booing Santa, you know, and sack the board and everything. I, I just felt that was like a nuclear button that had been pressed far too soon because. Um, if you want to go down that path, then you need to do a you need to do a Jim Or, you need to do a Matt McGlone, you need to you know activist. Yep. mobilize, start something, and and take and see it through to the bitter end and, and, and engage. Increase increase your influence because if you're just shouting, you're shouting into the abyss. Ah, GP, you cool. really are. But increase your influence, like you say, to to create something. But in relation to that as well, what I would say it's a cautionary tale because. You know, compare where we were against Hearts to where we're sitting right now, 
That's how four results. That's what you know changes the whole. It, there's there's an upswell of of uh, confidence, momentum, positivity. So yeah, just be careful in, in that respect. Everybody's entitled to to say and do to to obviously. A I know, I'm not saying they're not entitled but, to do it. I just yeah. it wasn't for me and me vocalising no. that it wasn't for me doesn't make me a board apologist or a or a lick spittle or whatever other word you want to use. Totally. Absolutely, you're right. One thing I would say, though, talking about the re- the recruitment, I mentioned that I thought it was a bad idea for a treble winning side to bring in so many players. Mm-hmm. I, I, I said nine players, we shouldn't have to be bringing in nine players who've just won a treble. And there, there was quite a lot of nuances in, in what I was saying there, JP, but basically one of my concerns is you bring in nine players from different areas of the football world who have different mentalities, different style of play, etc., but... The biggest thing for me is having that winning mentality where you've got a dressing room that knows how to win. Even when we're not playing great, you know how to win the big games, you know. And that can be affected if you bring in 28% of a squad, brand new players that don't have the the winning mentality, uh, the never-say-die attitude, right? And I found it really interesting after the St Mirren game when Greg Taylor said there's people in the dressing room who don't know what it, what it's all about to play for Celtic. I found that really interesting. He wasn't mean... writing them off. He wasn't writing them off, but he was just saying <coughs> that, you know, that there's a process, GP, especially if you bring in that level of player, nine mm-hmm. in a squad of, what, 32. You bring in nine players, it's a huge chunk, and it might take a while for them all to then immerse themselves into what it means to be a Celtic player. I'm talking about winning every game, the mentality, the never-say-die attitude. And it might take a, a long time. If you're tinkering here and there with one or two in a transfer window, it's not going to be as noticeable because they are basically just engulfed with everybody else around about them. But if you bring nine in, that's a huge number. And I thought that was a bad idea. I really did. And I, I hopefully, we're never going to be in a position where we need to do that again. You should be able to tinker with a squad that's working, JP, rather than bringing that level of player, nine players in well, the window. As I've said before, anybody that comes in this month, a hundred percent want Brendan Rogers' name next to it. I don't want A and others name from the recruitment team or the board or whoever. If if Brendan Rogers wants a player in, I saw a pal Stephen tweeted last night saying if Brendan Rogers wants Lauren Shankland at Celtic, that's good enough for me, as opposed to Celtic Twitter or whatever. If people are oh well he's 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 Rangers fan or he's this or he's that, I mean I would not care a jot if we if Brendan Rodgers wants Lawrence Shankland, and he should go and get him. <laughs> That's as simple as that. If 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 not, if it's all nonsense, then we move on and we don't. There's no interest there. But it's, the players that come in have got to be a hundred percent the manager's choices, especially if we're spending, you know, a, a, a good bit of money. And I'd imagine. Hearts are not going to let Shanklin go for anything less than four and a half, five million. And in, in today's market, how it would be insane if they took took anything less than that. I, I would have said because people will be like, oh, he's only proved it in Scotland, but consistently in Scotland. I think um, when, when you talk about the transfer fee, JP, we've just got to look at the amount of money we, we've absolutely squandered, mm. and would it be money better spent? It'd be more of a. I'm not saying a guarantee. There's never a guarantee, but there's more of a chance of a player who knows the game in Scotland and who, who's been very successful on an individual basis in Scotland to make that transition. It's a big step up. Uh, so many players have spoken about that. Um, I, I mentioned before, Lee Griffiths even spoke about it. You know, you think you've played for a decent-sized club in Wolves, you know, you've done well with Hibs. You come to Celtic, it's a different level. And there's that element in me that I've got slight concerns about with Shanklin, but that isn't snobbery. It's no snobbery for me. And I'm not looking at the, the fact if he's a Rangers player or not, I don't care. I honestly don't care. Do you know, there's care. been players throughout our history that have supported Rangers and they have been some of the, the most important players in our history. I'm not interested in all that. And I'm also, under the circumstances, not that bothered about is there a sell-on? Because we just need to have a bit of quality up there as a backup mm-hmm. for Kyogo. And in particular, I mean, I know Kyogo's not going to the Asian Cup, but our other striker is. And Maeda, who could be a backup striker, also is. Mm-hmm. So we definitely need a striker. And I'm, I'm a bit like yourself in that respect. People think I'm, I'm snobby about Shanklin because he's playing in Scotland. I think Miofsky, again, there probably is a, there's an argument there for Miofsky. I've never written it off. What I've said is 
I like the look of Fitzgarden, whose name's still getting mentioned in, in Celtic circles. But as long as I think the I'm in agreement with you on that one, JP. As long as it's Brendan Rodgers who has signed off the player, then I'm going to run with it, and I'll be more than happy with that. I don't want him being presented with some guy that he's got no use for. You know, mm. it's like sending somebody with a shopping list because you know what you need to cook, and they come up with something different, mm. and you're like, right, how am I meant to do this? You know, so. That that for me is the most important thing, and I'm I'm totally in agreement with you. Not my player wouldn't be my choice, but if Brendan Rodgers wants some, I'll be happy with that. Um, thanks everybody for getting involved in the comments. It's been really busy today, twelve hundred strong uh, regular. It's great to have JP back. Always an absolute pleasure to discuss football and music, even though we didn't get a chance. There was quite a few other things to talk about. JP, is there any music chat you want to throw into the mix while we're at it? Nah, it's quite quiet, quite quiet. The now. King Touch New Year New Year's Revolution gigs are on. Uh, started last night, so they're on basically every, every almost every night this month. Uh, loads of new bands uh, from Glasgow and the surrounding areas. Um, it's just something that they've done for certainly all the time I've been there more than more than ten years um, in in January. So, um, aye, something something to check out if you fancy going to see some new bands. Every up and coming band wants to be on one of the bills. Well, so many. So many bands have been on that bill that have gone on to do well, you know, like St. Gary Cinnamon, Lewis Capaldi played that, played that, I'm sure. Um, the Snuts as well. So, yeah, yeah. So a good to And you were DJing at the New Year, is that right? I was in King Tut's on Hogmanay, yeah, it was a good laugh. Um, there was, uh, there was, it was a good atmosphere and I, I played some pretty ridiculous songs. I played Limp Biscuit, which I, I don't think I've ever played before. Um, played Limp Biscuit, take a look around, and went down well. Um, but it's, I think, I think I've maybe, I've maybe done my time at Hogmanay in terms of giving up my Hogmanays. I've, I look back over the last uh, 10, 15 years, and the amount of Hogmanays that I've worked uh, and not enjoyed with uh, with friends or, or family. So I think maybe, maybe this year will be be the the time that I do that. Just get some time off, go go away somewhere. Maybe finally make it to Ireland. As a <laughs> this year was was a busted flush on that front, but yeah, keep me away. Yeah, I mean, listen, talking to music. Last uh, me- uh, mention of it on today's show is uh, if you tuned in for the charity weekender last year, you would have known that we released a single, and it was the uh, the wakes featuring Carly Connor singing the Gloria in the Dream. Um, this year we premiered the song. Or in fact, we premiered the entire EP of the Celtic Cross Collective, which is Kevin Graham's uh, baby. It's his band, and he's releasing an, an EP uh, later on this year. And we at Axon will be directing the video for that, just like we did for The Glory and the Dream, and for another band called Twinstown, who had a song called Johnny Depp. We directed that video as well. So keep your eyes peeled, because we're going to have a premiere of the Celtic Cross Collective's Video coming very soon as well. Um, just to mix Celtic into the music chat there. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Your support uh, is always appreciated. And thank you to John Paul Mason for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Cheers, Paul. Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.